good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, episode 215. Uh, we got a meaty one today, uh, boys and girls. Um, we have two matches to talk about, and we're not going to talk hardly about them at all, um, other than some bigger picture stuff, because um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of Minnesota United, including whether we're actually going to make the playoffs. Um, there is some... Uh, uh, COVID denial in the front office that we'll, we'll discuss. And, uh, and yeah, and amongst, uh, amongst many other things, there's a, obviously this um, uh, terrible, terrible uh, uh, NWSL story that um, dropped last week and is, we're just, we're still seeing ramifications and things coming out from that. So we want to touch on a lot of it, um, which means we're not going to spend too much time talking about Minnesota United uh, because they had a possibly the worst possible week they could have had um considering playoff uh implications um the teams in front of them in the playoffs all won midweek minnesota got the shit kicked out of them by dc um and but for tyler miller the game probably would have been six or seven to one uh and then played a very uh, uninspired um an uninspiring match against fc dallas on saturday which ended in a nil nil draw um a very harsh uh, disallowed goal for FC Dallas and, and Ryan Hollingshead should have put them up. And then in the 89th minute uh, our you know, the only person that matters for Minnesota United, Babelo Reynoso got a red card uh, from stomping on uh, the foot of a FC Dallas player. Um, I think somewhat harsh and, and sounds like Minnesota is going to be appealing it, but, uh, but yeah, is there anything just in general that you wanted to bring up from either of these two matches? um just oh sorry i should say we have justin and mj on the podcast as well sorry anything you guys want to bring up before we we talk a little bit more sort of a uh, uh, broader picture um i just thought i was kind of half asleep i was listening to the score north um broadcast of fc dallas and i was kind of half asleep half awake at some points and I swear when the red card decision was, we were like, is it because he stepped on his foot? Is it against so-and-so? I was like, this is a bad dream. This is a nightmare. This can't be happening. What the fuck are they talking about? This can't be happening. And that was basically the week. So I'm good. MJ? I unfortunately decided to, to, to watch this game. I mean, I watched the Dallas game live. The, the DC game, I only followed via Twitter. And that, that was nice, just to not to try to watch that game and just, you know, follow on what people were saying. And, you know, it was a perfect game to do that with. 
I'll do you one better. I didn't even, I didn't even watch or follow along on Twitter for the DC game. I was playing soccer uh, and actually got a clean sheet myself. Um, first clean sheet of the season, which was super awesome. I saved a ball with my, with basically my nose, um, which I'm, I'm getting really good at uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the dying you minutes never knew of the that game. Reynoso- so was going to help you train for this job. I did not know that. Um, I yeah, but I saved I saved it with my face in like the last like one of the last shots of the game uh, to keep the clean sheet. Uh, we were up two nothing, so even if they had scored, it would have been fine. But yeah, I made a couple, made a, uh, a Felipe esque save um, on one that was a ball that I kind of misjudged and had to recover and and just get my fingertips on to get across the the end line. And uh, and yeah, so I and I got to the I showed up at the Blackheart literally. As I pulled in, um, I saw Bruce McGuire walking out and I just looked at him and I knew just based on the way he was walking, his head was down, that it was not a not a good game. So uh, but got to hang out with some, some dark clouds and uh, and chat a little bit about the game and all that. Um, so, yeah, I just I totally missed the D.C. game and I didn't even go back and watch highlights because I was like, I don't need to see anything about that. And then like you, MJ, I watched the, the Dallas game in full and it was just terribly, terribly depressing. So. Let's not talk about him. It was the most entertaining nil-nil draw I've ever watched. I don't even, yeah. I mean, it, no. There, there were chances on both sides. There was mediocre patty cake play in the midfield with a bunch of turnovers and, yeah. and some really great goalkeeping, but no goals. Yeah. Um, so let's turn to a couple of uh, sort of bigger questions about the, this team. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the playoff picture stuff It's sort of a separate segment, so um, stick around for that. But this is actually a, a point that Matt Doyle brought up in his Sunday column, which if you don't read Matt Doyle um, uh, from MLSsoccer.com, he puts out a column every Sunday, breaks down all the games, um, you know, in just little paragraph sized tidbits. It's, it's really great. Gives you, you know, a good read of what's going on in MLS. And he talked about this game and basically said, he's completely lost faith in Unu. Um, the man didn't even, yeah. didn't even get up from the bench on uh, Saturday when they were, they needed a goal. They desperately needed a goal. Um, clearly needed a change of pace. Uh, he got a what thirty-minute cameo uh, against DC um, when he made that basically that um, line change uh, to rest players uh, and just brought him in with seemingly no um, no support. Uh, obviously, didn't have Reynoso or Ozzy Alonso um, in DC midweek as well, so didn't have the the uh, you know regular attacking players on on the pitch. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to me that they brought this guy in, um, and and we we've been hearing now that they that they view him as a second striker. Why in the fuck are we just hearing about this? Like, this is the team literally trying to gaslight the fan base into um, thinking something uh, was completely different from what they were actually trying to to accomplish. And I just and based on everything, and, and again, we'll talk about it with the vaccine stuff here in, in a minute just based on everything that this team is doing in this, this last year, just, it just seems like they're trying to gaslight the fans uh, into believing something that's just hundred percent not true. So is there, I mean, why, why do you think this is, this is happening this way for Adrian Unu? Um, we used to joke that uh, whoever the players that were in the doghouse um, had compromising position, pictures of Mrs. Heath uh, and, or were participating in um alleged sex acts with mrs heath and that's why they were in the doghouse i can't even make that joke anymore because i just i don't i just don't even understand why you'd bring in a guy um pay him dp money and 
literally just he doesn't even get off the bench when you absolutely need a goal. You need three points. You absolutely need three points against one of the worst teams uh, in the Western Conference. And he doesn't even doesn't even get up to, 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 to train to try and even get on the pitch. Cal Williams said that from what he observed about Unu's playing in France, that he's more of a second striker. So if Cal Williams can tell this by his video analysis, why the fuck wouldn't Mark Watson, Adrian Heath, Ian Fuller at all know this? About, that's, about- that's my point about them gaslighting us, as they didn't tell us this. If, if Cal knew this, why the fuck would he, would he not saying anything to the team? He's an, he's an employee of the team, man. Like that's his job is to try is to like put out whatever the front office's agenda is. And their agenda clearly is to, um, yeah, tr- tr- somewhat try to change the narrative on, on Adrian Unu and that, you know, but again, at the whole, the whole it, it doesn't even make sense if that's the case, because why did you bring in a second circle? Why, I mean, why are they not trying to play Adi and Unu up top together more often? I think they've played together up top, maybe like half an hour or something. If that's your, if that is the whole point is that he's a second striker, put him with Lude, put him with a fucking second striker. Yeah. Or am I just a crazy person? I might just be a crazy person. Well, you're a crazy person because he doesn't like playing two, two strikers up top. He, he doesn't know what to do with the second striker because he doesn't play formations that use one. The buck stops. And this is, this is the other thing too, with, with like the, uh, I mean, who's the guy who makes ultimately makes the roster decisions. <clears throat> it's Adrian fucking Heath. So clearly why would a guy who refuses to play two strikers bring in a guy who is clearly better suited for a two striker system other than he is, he's hundred percent completely out of his depth and, and, or, He's he didn't think he would be he think he he thought he would be fine as a as a uh you know a lone striker it, in a four two three one. It wouldn't be the first time he you know saw someone like a central midfielder, let's say like a Demidov, and said, Oh, you could be our captain and starting center back. And it wouldn't be the first time that <sighs> he has tried to shoehorn, like saw something on the pitch, said, Oh, you know what? we can convert him to something that I whisper a lot about or something, you know, and and I'm not saying that's what happened, but it wouldn't be the first time. Oh, I know. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, We could go on conjecture for three (laughs) pods. We could, I guess. Let's talk. Let's talk about a more prevalent uh, uh, topic of conversation um, is just how fucked is this team without Reynoso? Um, we clearly saw it in DC. Um, we saw it when he was injured and out and not able to play. Um, presumably as of recording the podcast on Monday night, uh, we, we will not have him available for the Colorado Rapids match, um, because they'll be serving a red car suspension that could change. Obviously if uh, it gets overturned, I know, like I said earlier, the team did appeal it, uh, to MLS. Um, there is like some pretty strict rules about appealing red cards. Um, if they mm-hmm. fail, um, they could be like fines and stuff. I think they get like one free one a year. And then if they do more than that, so this team typically doesn't appeal a red card unless they think they have a good chance of it getting overturned. So clearly the team thinks, and Adrian, he thinks it's a good chance that it gets overturned. 
but um, we've just been, you know, 15 minutes talking about that man's judgment. So I don't necessarily know how much uh, I trust him on that. So more of a philosophical question to you guys. I'll throw it to you. Just how fucked is this team without Reynoso on, uh, especially generally, but let's talk specifically on Saturday against a team in Colorado who's sitting um, in third place in the Western conference um, doing very, very well this year and uh, t- scoring goals. David, I'm going to quote or paraphrase a former Dave who's a lot smarter than me, and that is Dan Wade said that we had a Reynoso-sized hole before we got Reynoso because we're trying to play a 4-2-3-1. Part of that three is having a central attacking midfielder who's good in tight spaces and has good vision and can dribble the ball well. And we didn't really have that person. Do not try to convince me that the right winger who's no longer with us, who was playing left wing a lot, is a central attacking midfielder because he's not. He, he, he isn't. He, he was great substituting that role, but that's not his specialty. We finally got that, right? But we don't have depth around it. And Matt Doyle called it out like preseason, maybe that, that, you know, the loons success hinges on Reynoso to the point that if they lose Reynoso because he's playing him too much, doesn't sub him out. Maybe he gets injured. Maybe he gets a red card. Like they're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yep, and he actually pointed out that depth piece in this this week's art, this week's uh, column as well, uh, basically saying that the team has no depth, and uh, that kind of is a problem. So, Jess, um, like mega fucked, super fucked. Uh, I mean, just as fucked as I think I've felt we are since complaining about like. Oh, is his leg fully healed? Like, is he good or is he not? Like, and that was before, like, I, I thought we were quite this fucked about eight weeks ago. <laughs> and I stand by that level of fucked. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we can't leave the games uh, from the week without giving out our, we'll just do Minnesota this week since there's two different opponents. Uh, our Freddie Adu's. Um, MJ, you have a you have a true ado uh, this week, so uh, lay, lay it on us. Uh, my best Freddie ado of the last two games for Minnesota is Ethan Finley, mm-hmm. and my shittiest Freddie ado of the last two games is Ethan Finley, and and here is why: on the defensive side of the ball, he is shutting down other midfielders, other attackers for the other team. He's blocking shots. He's hustling back to try to, like, get steals or make tackles. He's crossing over from the right side of the pitch all the way over the left side of the pitch because Will Trapp or Gasper or or someone over on the left side is fucked up and isn't doing their job. Mm -hmm. Defensively, he's a fucking monster in the best way possible. And offensively, these last two games – he was cutting in, crowding Lude and Reynoso when we needed him to cut wide and give Metinier 
someone close to pass to mm. and he wasn't making that wide cut at all sometimes he was just standing there not cutting and doing anything and just letting one person kind of guard him really easily but especially when he's cutting middle and now it only takes two defenders to guard Reynoso, Lude, and Finley because they're all occupying the same space. I'm okay. all for triangles, but not like triangles where you're like one foot away from each other. So <laughs> that offensive lack of spatial awareness, like Finley gets my shittiest for me to do. Yeah. He looked particularly um, lost against FC Dallas for sure. <clears throat> I did notice that. Um, okay, Jess, you have your Freddy Adus? Nope. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Tyler Miller for my good Freddy Adu. Um, again, he's been playing really, really well. Um, has definitely kept the team in games. <clears throat> uh, had an amazing save in the second minute of the Dallas game that would have, you know, could have completely um, changed the dynamic of that match. Uh, saved a penalty, which is always good against the the best penalty taker in the league right now, uh, Nola Kamara. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he is really at fault for any of the goals that were conceded against uh, FC Dallas. And like I said, he played uh, pretty damn good against, uh, uh, sorry, against DC. And then he played pretty damn good against uh, FC Dallas. Uh, and then for my shitty friend, I'm just going to go with uh, Chase Gasper. Um, he was uh, at fault for the foul uh, that conceded the penalty in the DC game. Um, he uh, was getting pretty manhandled on the, uh, on the Dallas right um uh during that game luckily nothing uh came of it i thought actually uh boxel and debossi did a really good job of keeping ricardo pepe in check he barely touched the ball mm-hmm. on saturday which i was very surprised for uh, about so um at the expense of giving a lot of space to jesus ferreira um but yes they did they did take ricardo pepe out yeah yeah ferreira was all over the place <laughs> as he's almost scored a couple goals so yeah. i'm going to give it to uh Chase Gasper for the for the shitty Freddy to do so. Uh, okay. Do you guys? What do you guys want to talk about first? Do you want to do the playoff magic number update, or do you want to talk about the the front office stuff that's happening? Um. Let's maybe stick. Well, let's let's do let's do the magic number stuff because I think we'll stay in the realm of in the realm of the actual sports, and then we can talk a little more uh, about what the team is actually doing on some things. So, um, so yeah, we had two games this past week at DC and at FC Dallas. Uh, you guys both predicted a loss against DC and I predicted a draw. <clears throat> so good job to you guys. You guys both predicted wins in Dallas and I predicted a dire, dire draw as well. So um, through the, let's see, one, two, three, four, seven games, uh, we have 10 points, which is not a good pace. Um, no, we have That's- seven, we have seven <laughs> games. We have seven games left. Uh, we're currently, uh, in seventh with 38 points. That's 1.41 points per game. Uh, one point above Vancouver, um, who are also on the same number of games as us, uh, in eighth place and four uh, points ahead of LAFC <clears throat> who are in ninth place. Um, LAFC, we have a game in hand on LAFC. So they played 28 games. We've only played 27. So we have seven matches left. Mm-hmm. Um, in a slack that I was in, Dan uh, was doing some back of a napkin math and figured we would need to get to 45 points um, in order to make the playoffs. So that's seven points uh, over the last seven games. That's <laughs> math. That's a point a game. Uh, we play. Draw everything. 
we play LFC, Vancouver, and the LA Galaxy, the teams that are uh, directly ahead of us. Um, oh, sorry, we don't. We don't Salt Lake is, is ahead of us uh, as well. So yeah, we play Vancouver um, and LAFC back to back. LAFC at home, and then Vancouver on the road. Vancouver, who is all of a sudden fucking hotter than shit right now. By the way, they're looking uh, good. They're looking very good. They're actually fun to watch now. Uh, we play. I said Colorado on the weekend. We play at Austin, which is the worst team in the league, but they do. Um, they do like to. They do play well at home. And like I said, we we go to. We have sorry, Kansas City here. Uh, Philly here, Kansas City here, and then we go to Galaxy to end the season. Um, so yeah, so right now, like I said we're sitting at about you know thirty-eight points. So we probably need to get to forty-five. That would that would just get us in the playoffs as as the seven seed. Anything above that, then we're looking on moving up the um, moving up the the rankings. And and I don't think there's Portland's also has gotten fucking hotter than shit. And so they're currently in. Um, in fourth place with 46 points. So it's going to be hard. And I should also point out RSL is in fifth with 39 LA galaxy are in six with 39 and we're at 38. So it's very easy that we could move up um, out of the seventh spot into the fifth or sixth spot, but we're eight points now behind Portland who had a uh, hell of a week. And um, I don't think we're going to catch Portland for, for the fourth spot. Um, in fact, I think actually Portland might catch Colorado for third and Colorado might uh, drop down to fifth or sorry, sorry to fourth. So I haven't looked at what RSL or LA's uh, schedules are like, or what Vancouver or LAFC schedules are like. We can only play with the teams that are in front of us. I don't think we should worry too much about other teams. But what's uh, how are we generally feeling um, for the rest of the season? Uh, we, can, we can, Jess, you have us getting points in every single one of the matches for the rest of the year, either a win or a draw. Um, MJ and I are a little more pessimistic about it. Um, however... I still have us getting C6 and 11 points. So clearing that hurdle, um, MJ, you have us getting uh, six, eight points, points. eight points, um, eight points from the the rest of the games remaining. Oh, sure. Um, Yes. Which would, uh, which would get us to that magic number. And Jess, you have getting a a shit ton of points. So, so, but what we did this, when we, we did this exercise, uh, what, like four weeks ago or whatever, um, we all, uh, you and I just were a lot more optimistic. MJ was a little more pessimistic. Um, but we all thought we would make it into the, uh, make it to the, um, make it into the playoffs yeah. right now. I mean, how are we feeling right now? Let's, uh, let's start. I, I, I've talked a lot. So MJ, why don't you, and then Jess, you can tell us how are you feeling right now? Do you think number one, do you think you're going to get the number of points we have here in our, in our, you could say, um, <clears throat> you could say if you want, you know, what games and how many points you think you're going to get at each game are you feeling confident about that now and um yeah and then do you think we're going to make the playoffs i still like my predictions i mean maybe that that draw against sporting kansas city even though we're at home that's looking a little optimistic but in general i i, I like the prediction i make i still say we make the playoffs but don't host, which was my original prediction. Now, I think back when I originally predicted, I was thinking we make the playoffs, don't host, but we're maybe in the middle of the pack, like fifth or something like that, just barely not hosting or, you know, fifth, sixth. Like, we're probably going to be seventh. Like, like maybe we move up to sixth, but we're going to be in the just barely made the playoffs, not middle of the pack, just barely didn't get to host. So I would adjust my predictions 
that way. But yeah, I still, I'm still, we make the playoffs, don't host. And, and underwhelming as shit. Yes. Um, I think, okay. It's, it's a Minnesota story. Kind of like a Cinderella story, right? It's we're Minnesota sports team. We are going to be, you know, down on, you know, we're giving them hell right now because of how they played the last couple of games. Now they're going to go, they're going to rise up just enough to keep us hoping all through the end of the season and waiting for that the playoff race to, you know, end. And I say, we probably, we probably make it seventh seed, seventh hour, because we just are Minnesota, and then we're going to lose right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, say, I don't <clears throat> even watch any other Minnesota sports, but I know that story because anybody else I come into contact with who does tells that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel a little more, I'm a little more pessimistic about <laughs> my, the rest I of know the picks here. <clears throat> but it's going to pass. And then we're going to get hopeful today. Yeah. You can't see that, but I have a crystal ball. I've been known <laughs> to pick these things accurately. All right. Well, why aren't you making uh, MLS picks? Um, I'm getting my ass handed to me the last couple of weeks. So um, I, you know, I think, I think ultimately I, I, I think we make it. Uh, I think there's just the West is so um, kind of crazy, weird. Uh, Portland's been playing, have been playing out of their goddamn mind. Um, but it all, you know, Vancouver had been playing really, really well, playing actually really attractive soccer, which is not something um, you're used to saying about Vancouver. But uh, ultimately, <laughs> I think, it, it, like, I guess the question, maybe the, maybe the actual, maybe the right question should be um, if we make the playoffs. Now, not, now, let's say not what is the team going to do or what Dr. Bill would do, but if this team makes the playoffs in seventh place, barely squeaking in. Um, and I think we, I think I know the answer to all of this uh, is that I would fire Adrian Heath before the playoff game. Honestly, whatever. Um, not, really, not really, not really. Obviously, we'll let him play the playoff game and he'll probably go on some magical run and they'll finish like in the semi they'll finish in like they did last year in the conference finals, losing <clears throat> some heartbreaking match because you know, of things and reasons. Um, but I think seventh place red cards and penalties yeah. and whatnot, the expectations that this team had and the way it started and this dip in the middle. Um, it's just, it's, this team is consistently inconsistent and it's, it's so frustrating as a fan to watch. Um, when they have Reynoso and when they have, when they have all their pieces in place, they play attractive soccer, like soccer. That's fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> when any of those things is missing, they play garbage mm -hmm. soccer. It's not fun to watch at all. It's, it's, it's so I've seen, you know, in my years watching soccer and watching other sports, you see definitely like Jekyll and Hyde teams. This is the ultimate mm -hmm. definition of a Jekyll and Hyde team, right? If, if all the pieces aren't in place and firing, um, they are just, they, they're playing some terrible, terrible looking soccer and say what you want about, you know, about certain teams, um, <clears throat> say what you want about Man City or, or Liverpool or, uh, those teams, 
even if they're not firing on all cylinders, they still play attractive soccer. That's fun to watch. Even if like they have a, they completely um, revamp their roster, right. For the Carabao cup. And they have, they bring in the fucking 15 year old kids. Those kids still play the same way that Mo Salah and, and Sadio Mane do. They don't play it as effectively um, or as efficiently, but they're still playing the same system. It just seems like Keith has two different systems and we saw it at DC, right? He just, you know, went in there basically like willing to concede you know, at best a draw. Um, they're basically just like, Oh, just don't get blown off the pitch, um, which they proceeded to do. And so I, it, for me, I've had, you know, it's, I, I've had enough since well before this, but it's, I can't, I can't imagine that there, there are still people out there defending uh, this crap that we see more often than not this year, last year was great. Last year, you know, we looked good. We got on a run and maybe we will this year, right? Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we'll do it this week. We're losing a bunch of people to international duty and we'll probably won't have Reynoso. Um, but maybe they go down to Austin and they just kick the shit out of FC Austin, right? And then maybe they come home to play Philly and LAFC and they put on clinics and, and everything feels more right in the world. Um, I, I just, I can't, Jess, I can't be fooled again. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, or sorry, shame on you. Fool me twice. I can't get fooled again. Uh, to quote our famous um, uh, loquacious president. Um, anyways, I don't. Know, that's that's my thoughts on that. So, anything else to, to, to discuss about this? Other than, um, yeah, I think Jess and I are pretty optimistic, and MJ is probably more par for the course. <laughs> negative Nathan. Someone has to be the negative Nathan. That's me. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get to the, the meaty chunk of the of the podcast. As I take a sip of my NA beer. <clears throat> um now we're doing all of the Minnesota United stuff first. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that actually makes more sense. So other United news. Um, as I mentioned, Minnesota United appeals uh raise red card. They should know in the next couple of days whether he'll be available uh, for the match against Colorado. Um, like I said, they, they typically don't appeal these unless they think they have a good chance of winning. Um, but these appeals are rarely overturned. So I don't know. It's a, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, there's an open practice. Uh, you're listening to this podcast at, at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, it's starting at nine today. Uh, there's gonna be a special announcement at one, uh, damn grabbers in town. Uh, and the theory is, is that they're going to be announcing the 2022 MLS all-star game, uh, being played at Allianz field next year. So, um, that press Woo-hoo! conference will be at one o'clock. Um, <clears throat> I imagine they, they may or may not, uh, give the format. That's the, I'm not sure if they did that when they announced LA this year. Um, but I would imagine since they're, uh, Liga Mekis and MLS are simpatico now, they'll probably do the same thing they did last or this year, which is have the, uh, MLS all-star team versus the Liga Mekis all-star team, which, uh, I think is really cool and, um, would definitely be worth, uh, doing again, uh, if only, if only to like continue to build relations uh, across both leagues. Uh, At the announcement, St. Paul Mayor Carter and Minneapolis Mayor Frey will, will both be present. Will they? Right. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Carter for sure. I don't know about Frey. Frey's kind of being a jackass right now. So he is, but I think they're trying to bring the cities together around this Minnesota sports thingy. Cool. I hope he announces the Minneapolis, the Minneapolis uh, MLS All-Star Game uh, in St. Paul, because then um, a bunch of people in St. Paul will just lose their shit. Because <clears throat> uh, there's, 
even though even though we're the older sis, the older city, there's very much a little brother syndrome uh, that a lot of people over here in St. Paul have. So, um, all right. Oh boy. Yeah, international Gifts duties. on shoulders that you could play poker with for days. Yeah, uh, international duties coming up. Uh, Michael Boxall, Robin Lude, Yuka Ratala, and Romain Metnier have all been called up to their uh, their national teams. That's New Zealand, Finland, and Madagascar, respectively. Um, they're going to miss the match on Saturday against Colorado, obviously, <clears throat> um, on October 10th. Along with Reynoso, which means amazing. You <coughs> see all the depth that we have. Right, exactly. Uh Finland and Madagascar are uh, World Cup qualifying, um, and Boxall is uh, rejoining New Zealand in after he just dropped out of the 2020 Olympic squad because of the injury he got <clears throat> right before Olympics uh, were happening. So, <clears throat> if you want to watch in these games, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I know Madagascar is typically on BN. Um, Finland's going to be on uh, probably ESPN Plus, and I'm not sure if New Zealand is like, shown in the United States, but. Uh, Boxall plays, or the New Zealand national team plays on uh, Saturday the 9th uh, against Curacao uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, and then on Tuesday the 12th against Bahrain, uh, also at 11 a.m. Uh, the Finnish team uh, plays October 9th versus the Ukraine at 11 a.m. That's uh, this coming Saturday. And then the following Tuesday, October 12th at Kazakhstan at 9 a.m. And the Madagascar national team will play uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, October 6th. Uh, against the De- Democratic Republic of Congo at 3 p.m. And on Sunday, October 10th, again, versus the Congo uh, in uh, Madagascar at 11 a.m. So if you want to check out some loons on international duty, uh, check your FOTMOB app and see if these games are on um, TV. Anyway, I know uh, Fubo, Jayus has the BN, has BN Sports and has a bunch of the BN channels. So I often can watch the Madagascar uh, games on, on Fubo. So um, definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, all right, now let's jump into the big topic du jour. Uh, so if you're not following along, uh, the Minnesota United uh, supporter groups um, met with the team. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the supporter groups pulled capos two matches ago. Uh, and then again, um, most of the SGs pulled their capos and, and drums uh, two matches ago. Uh, last match at home, there was um, a few drums uh, and the t and had capos and the other Dark Clouds and Redlands uh, did not have capos. Um, basically asking the team, um, we want a vax mandate. We want a, a negative test um, mandate with a vaccine exception. Um, that's the language I've been trying to use is that to try and reframe it um, is that we want the supporters in order to feel safe on the stands, um, in order to feel safe on the capo stands, uh, for other people to feel safe in the stadium, uh, we want a negative test mandate. So negative test within 72 hours. Uh, or if you don't want to get a test, have a, you get, get the vaccine and you have a vaccine exception for the negative test mandate. <clears throat> well, the team, <clears throat> Hemden Hod, Hemden Hod, uh, finally met with the leadership of the SGs um, from uh, TNE, Dark Clouds, and Red Loons. Uh, they gave them two options uh, for times to meet with the team. Uh, 4.30 before the match uh, last Saturday, the last Saturday uh, obviously not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, or 6.15 uh, before the match. So literally 45 minutes before kickoff uh, or two and a half hours before kickoff, um, getting as close as they possibly could to the, to the actual match itself so that they could you know, easily use that as a, you know, in my estimation, use it as cover to be able to get away. Uh, Chris Wright was there. Um, so there was, you know, team executives that were there. Um, I do not believe Dr. Bill was there at all. And essentially 
their position remains unchanged, uh, including restating that they have a mask mandate, which um, is not enforced. But uh, but I digress. Uh, if you ever walk around, there's people in the bathrooms and in, in places where they should be having ma- wearing masks, definitely not wearing masks and no one's going up to them and, and enforcing the, the mask mandate. One of the um, particularly egregious statements that the, that the team uh, and Chris Wright said was that he stated that Portland uh, had lost 30 percent attendance when they enact- enacted their vax mandate. That was really pushed for by the supporters of the team. They emailed ticket office, they emailed the front office. They really pushed hard to get that vax mandate. So he's mentioned, you know, he number one, they went around and, and just basically gave all the possible excuses they could about, you know, the, the vaccine doesn't work to spread COVID. Um, they said that they literally said that in a statement. Uh, they uh, <clears throat> basically said, you know, we're outside, so there's not as much community spread. Basically gave all the excuses in the book to keep the status quo as it is. Um, and then brought up, finally brought up the point that Portland lost 30% attendance. Well, what he didn't say and what we, you know, the, the SGs didn't know at the time, and this is all, um, I should also point out, this is all directly from one of the people who was at that meeting. So um, I wasn't at that meeting, um, so I don't know exactly, you know, quote, quote, if I quote the words, but this was what was conveyed to me. Uh, what was not conveyed about that Portland uh, statistic was that they were comparing a weekend game against Seattle, which they had 23,000 people with a Wednesday game against Colorado, where they only had 16,000. Uh, and that the numbers have been averaged since then. Um, the 21,000 people coming to games, basically, um, which is just a complete and utter lie from Chris, Chris Wright, you know, using the, the, you know, whatever, you know, the lies, damn lies and statistics, um, using something uh, to make it seem like there was going to be a bigger issue when in, in fact, they're, clearly clearly was not uh so like there's a correlation there but was there causation maybe the cause of the drop had more to do with there was a weekend game against their biggest rival in seattle and then there was a midweek game on wednesday that's harder to get to (laughs) against fucking colorado and colorado doesn't have any fans they don't really care about colorado yeah so it's Um, It's pretty, it was pretty, uh, when I heard that I, my blood was boiling and I was really, yeah, it was just super frustrating to hear, to hear that. Somebody so, should have said, fight your source motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And if you'd well, had somebody. Well, the, I know the, I know the SG leaders brought up how many there's, you know, lots of places now, um, including three MOS, uh, teams, I don't even think they were including the Canadian teams, which I believe has to have a vaccine mandate to get into a, and get into stadiums in Canada. Um, right now. So anywhere, but there are three like MLS teams um, that are doing it. There's a, you know, there's, a, there's fucking NFL teams that are requiring Oakland of all, or yeah, Oakland of all, not, no, I guess they're in Las Vegas now. Las Vegas of all places is requiring a fucking vaccine mandate to go to uh, watch a, a football game. Um, <clears throat> so it's so yeah, and they brought this list of of, of teams uh, that are doing it, and and just basically said, you know, we know it might be a little light on your pocketbook. You might get hit a little bit, but um, number one, all these fucking people, almost all these fucking people, have already paid for their tickets, <laughs> whether they're there or not. They've already paid for their tickets. Um, might it be a little hard on the the secondary market, sure. But the team shouldn't care about this. I mean, the team gets probably some small percentage of secondary market resales, but they don't get, you know, it's, they're not, that's not where they're making their money. Um, and the, the other, you know, 
the other thing is, is we expect soccer is so much different um, than other American sports. Um, in, in that there's so much community <clears throat> built around soccer teams and where they're located and the work that soccer does. And, and it has to be, cause it's been, you know, it's, a, it's a slower got to start much later here as a professional sport. <clears throat> so the people who've bought in are like, are like super invested in making it and helping it succeed and, and, you know, getting it up to as many people as possible um, and are invested in the community. <clears throat> Maybe baseball might be something similar because um, they've just been, you know, been community institutions for so long. But I think soccer really stands alone in that respect. And you know, one of the arguments that the SG leaderships were making is like, just be a fucking leader here. Like, just lead. There's only four games left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pot, not including any possible playoff games. But if they if they finish as a seven seed, they're not having a, they're not hosting a playoff game anyways, regardless. So um, pretty much take that off the table <clears throat> and just. When- um, does the guard happen like has it already happened is is the new ceo she, she's not till next year yeah she starts after yeah chris wright is, is still in charge through the end of this year so she'll start i don't know when exactly she'll start but my, my sometime in the off season would be my guess um uh, i would um not be surprised if that there i mean chris wright is out this other gal's in he's like this was my ruling and i'm not gonna back down i'm don't have this isn't my baby next year yeah it's a possibility i guess but um i don't know it's it's even it's even it's it'd be one thing if this was like fucking daniel snyder um running the team right but the guy we have running our team is a fucking doctor (laughs) and should understand why this is so important to people anyways long story short um if you're a member of the dark clouds or the red loons, you would have gotten an email today, but if you're not, um, but you're interested in this. Um, so basically the, 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 here's the, I'm just going to read verbatim from the email. They're, they're action items. Um, so that it just makes it easier. And if you want, uh, to get involved, here's what you should do. <clears throat> um, to convince Minnesota United FC to adopt a test vaccine check, the dark clouds and red loons are taking the following steps effective immediately. Uh, Capos will not return to the stands this season until MNUFC adopts a test vaccine check. Members who want to skip home matches until MNUFC adopts a test vaccine check are encouraged to do so and organize watch parties instead at homes or at venues where vaccines and negative tests are required. Um, side note, the Blackheart requires vaccine negative tests for all um, Minnesota United home, uh, home and away matches. Um, basically, we have a dark cloud who's manning the door to help out. So if you want to go Blackheart, that's probably where I'll be. Uh, we also encourage anyone with a season tickets who can afford not to resell their tickets to do so. Uh, an empty stadium will make a very strong point. Finally, we encourage you to contact your ticket rep or the team's front office, uh, info at mnufc.com if you want to email the, the front office and voice your support for this policy. If you can, please re- also reach out to two to three other supporters you know and ask them to do the same. Uh, there's a form email that is uh, linked in, the, in that email um, or feel free to craft a message in your own words. Mass emails from supporters were instrumental at the timber in the Timbers Army's successful push to require a test vaccine check at Providence Park. So that is the, those are the action items, the calls to action that the Dark Clouds and Red Loons uh, are asking. It's it's very, I mean, it's really easy. You can you can fire off. Like I said, if you get that, if you have that email, if you don't have that email and you want me to forward it to you, um, by all means, uh, hit us up at uh, Dave's I know MN at gmail.com and I'll forward the email to you so you can have, click on the the form email link. Um, it, 
we're, we've, we've been hearing um, from people who've reached out to their ticket reps today that they're getting responses from people and the t- ticket reps. And I would also point out if you're going to email your ticket rep or call them on the phone or whatever, um, it's important to be uh, courteous to that person. Um, they don't make the decision on this. Um, they're just unfortunately stuck in the crosshairs uh, between people who care about public health and um, not dying. And then the people above them who clearly do not or don't seem to, um, they do, they have a funny way of showing it. And so please make sure you're nice to the ticket reps, um, uh, especially if they respond, um, if they respond very negatively to you, then like, by all means, like what, like light their ass up. But most of them are, would probably want a met t- uh, test and vaccine mandate themselves, right? Like I can't imagine so many people don't want this. It just seems like it's such a easy thing to do. Um, I know logistically it's hard, but um, it's just an easy win. It would be such an free press and everything that they're just giving away. And, and the team wanting to uh, take you know, more care of, uh, of Chad up in fucking Bemidji than their, you know, the bulk of their uh, fan base, which is in the Twin Cities and, and cares about this stuff is just is kind of mind boggling to me. So I'll open the floor to you guys. If you guys have any thoughts on either those action items um, or things that you would like to see do done. I mean, I know this is an ongoing conversation between the front office and Wonderwall and the SGs. Um, it's not done. There's, I mean, there's still possibly it might happen, um, especially if enough people contact uh, the team and just say, I'm not going to come to the game. Um, I'm glad you good. You have my money. I, I will not attend a game until there's a COVID vaccine mandate. Um, and if people, enough people decide, you know, I don't want to go to t- t- tickets, a games next year. They have a, you know, I know they have a wait list for uh, tickets, but they've also been um, having a hard time getting people like they literally had did a flash sale for the Houston game where they were doing 30% off tickets. So clearly there's like, they're not as, they're not as uh, flush with people coming to matches and, and uh, paying for tickets as they, as they think they are. So clearly this is a, a, a money decision for them. And, you know, we got to, you know, hit them with our pocketbook. So if you do plan on continuing to go to games because your health risk is such that hey we're outdoors i wear a mask i can i can handle this risk i don't have at risk relatives or children that i have to worry about possibly infecting if you go at least email your ticket rep to mention hey i'm not going to spend any money inside the stadium Mm. You know, I'm going to go to the match, but I'm not going to buy any merch. I'm not going to buy any food. I'm not going to buy any beverages. You know, do your part to say, hey, I'm fine still going and watching the team in person, but I would prefer to watch the team in person in a more safe environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that was that was that's something that was like considered as part of this, too, would be, <clears throat> you know, not telling people to, to have a boycott of, uh, of purchasing things in, in the stadium. Um, I, I think ultimately the boycott of uh, not going is, will be the one if, if they get, if they, you know, if that game kicks off and they have announced a sellout crowd of whatever, 19,000 something, but there's clearly like three fourths of the people there uh, for the game. That is, that's a sense of power. That's a more powerful message. So um, yes, I would hundred percent agree. MJ, if you are going to go, if you feel fine with that, um, yeah, please don't spend any money. Spend money at the local businesses uh, around 
the stadium. Um, there's some great, um, you know, uh, food options. Uh, obviously the black card is, you know, like I said vaccine, um, you know, and, or testing requirements. So, um, spend your money at the local uh, places that are owned by people in the community and not, um, uh, Bill McGuire and all that. So, um, Jess, did you have anything? I don't know. I, I'm a humanist. So I'd like to believe that, you know, the people matter and the people can be heard. Having a rather jaded week of that though, and the team isn't really helping. <laughs> so <Right. clears throat> I, I guess it would be, I think they're idiots not to take the small win, right? Like you said, there are four friggin' games left. Like what would it really take logistically to, to look at a vax test result or a vaccination uh, card than we already do with the frigging purses. Like every time there are people with purses so, so far outside the limits of our bag policy. So I, I can't imagine it would add that, that much more weight or that much more um, effort on the part of the, the ticket, the entry process to the stadium. Drives me nuts how long it takes. I think they're, they're fools not to politically take the high road and take the win with the supporters groups. Yeah. Yeah. You're antagonizing your best, um, as Chris Wright would put it, brand ambassadors um, with uh, with this mm -hmm. ridiculous, you know, statements and, and all that stuff. So. All right. Well, that's that. If you want, you know, if you, if you have any more questions, uh, you can feel free to hit, you know, hit us up on, on Twitter at TDAKMN. Happy to answer any questions. I said I'm not I wasn't in that meeting, um, but, you know, I'm a member of both the Dark Clouds and the Red Loon. So we've been having these conversations for honestly for a while now. And um we're you know rising cases of covid and and just you've seen breakthrough infections honestly like literally it's happened um to two, I, I, two people on this podcast yeah you 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 got it and then i my entire family got it i was i was lucky where i didn't i didn't get it um um but yeah literally I'm my not entire the one who gave it to your family no you're not you are not that is fair I say that. um i, but, I yeah. love i love yeah, you but, and anna very very much but let's be honest we're not that close no but like two months ago, like, yeah, my, my entire family got it. And um, luckily everybody was fine. There was no issues, but um, that's because me and Anna were vaccinated and her parents were vaccinated. And, you know, unfortunately our kids can't get vaccinated yet. So um, hopefully soon, fingers crossed. But uh, anyways, so let's leave it at that. Like I said, if you have any questions or, or thoughts or whatever, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I can put you in contact with um, people at Dark Clouds and Red Loons who, who are working on this, um, or you can reach out to Dark Clouds and Red Loons uh, specifically yourself too, if you want, um, at MN Dark Clouds or at Red Loons, uh, I believe are the, the Twitter handles that are the main ones. So, all right, it's been a while. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, wow, another another fun story, uh, all that's happening in the NWSL. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. 
right, and we are back with uh, the Dave's I Know podcast. Um, we just got done talking about a, a disappointing and frustrating subject, and now we're going to talk about another disappointing and frustrating subject. We'll save the uh, we'll save the, the 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 funner stuff for the end of the podcast. Um, just going to start off here. This is uh, a potential trigger warning. There's uh, I don't we're not going to probably delve too much in this to this specifics of this event, but this is uh, we're going to be talking about the NWSL and all that has been going on with that league uh, for the last <clears throat> um, couple months, two and a half months or so. Um, so if you are worried about it, I would say just go ahead and skip ahead. I'll try to put a, a timestamp on this one. Um, so you'll let you know when we're done talking about it, if you don't want to listen, uh, to us talk about, uh, NWSL, but, um, it's been a, it's been a, uh, a tumultuous, uh, couple months for NWSL. And I think that is putting it as, uh, ridiculously, ridiculously lightly. Um, this all started with the Washington spirit, uh, back in August, uh, their, uh, head coach, Richie Burke stepped down. Uh, and then a day later, allegations of creating a toxic environment, verbal abuse, and racist comments came out. They were leveled against Burke. <clears throat> and then uh, the Spirit announced that they were going to do an investigation. Um, also, during this time, Washington Spirit was having issues with breaking COVID protocol and ultimately ended up having to forfeit two matches. They did not play for over a month. Um, and once the allegations uh, were Confirmed by the investigation, um, Burke was officially terminated by the league and the league suspended uh, the Washington Spirit from um, any governance matters uh, from their board of governors. So that was what was going what on. What does that mean? Uh, they, they can't vote on anything that the, the league rules and in any league business, basically. Um, the Washington Spirit doesn't have a vote currently. Um, <clears throat> which is, oh, okay. Which is not something that you do super lightly, <laughs> to say the least. Normally, every team in a league has a seat at the table for a board of governors to make decisions. Especially in a single entity league like NWSL. <clears throat> um, I don't think they've actually released those findings yet from that investigation. But to, in order to do that, to literally just suspend them from being able to participate is a uh, pretty damn um, a pretty damn in indictment for the that they they were it was a really bad toxic environment also i should point out too um there's a majority owner of the spirit um the the spirit uh supporter groups have been <clears throat> um picketing basically they brought signs in uh they were asked to leave with those signs basically asking uh the owner to sell the team um there's a there's a, a female uh, i can't i'm blanking on the name um but a woman who's a minority owner who asked to um purchase the shares uh, mj do you know the owner's name is Steve Baldwin. And I just want to be very clearly that this is sadly and yet thankfully not the same as the actor Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve Baldwin's the majority owner. I can't remember the name of the, of the uh, woman who is the uh, minority, one of the minority owners, um, the one who asked to uh, purchase the team. Um, <clears throat> in addition to all this, uh, the Washington Spirit, um, they named... Um, uh, ben Olson, the director of uh, football operations, Ben Olson, formerly of DC United, uh, who has no experience in the women's game. So they basically put him in charge of, of running the team with no experience running a women's team. Uh, they also uh, signed on a, a shirt sponsor. I can't remember what the name of, of the of the group is, but it's a, a very heavily military based group. Um, I think they 
um, can't remember exactly what they do, but basically all, they, everything that Washington Spirit has done over the course of the last two months has been terrible and really bad. And then um, the big bombshell hits uh, last week. Uh, Meg Linehan wrote a if you don't have an F, uh, subscription to The Athletic, this this actual article might be uh, in front of the paywall. Um, but she wrote a, 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 a just an absolutely just jaw dropping piece about um, Paul Riley, who was formerly is formerly now the uh, courage, the Carolina, the North Carolina courage manager. Um, he had previously managed at uh, Portland in the, for the Portland Thorns. Um, he goes back um, to the WSL days, which is the league right before NWSL. And I, I would encourage you if, if you WPS. have WPSL, sorry. Yeah. WSL is, the, is in England. Um, uh, if you have the stomach for it, I would encourage you to go read the article. It's just, it's, it, it's jaw dropping. Um, and just the stuff that this man was able to get away with. Um, basically, he's a manager who has a history of sexual coercion with his players. Um, he, you know, they talked to two players um, and, and two players on record who, who brought this up and, and, and told their experience. Uh, Meg uh, went back and talked to a, a player. She talked to at least one player from every team that he's coached, um, as well as a few other players around the league. Um, so, talked to at least a dozen people and pretty much everybody corroborates um, the, the stories that uh, these three it ends up being three women in the story. Um, Shauna Mims who played for uh, Paul uh, with the Portland Thorns and then two players um, who were with the most recently with the courage um, allegations at Portland. So there was allegations at Portland. Um, uh, he was reported um, and leading him to leaving uh, the team. Um, they basically just didn't renew his contract and there was so it seemed weird because he is, is you know, has been a, uh, in terms of on field success, a very good coach. So it was interesting that, um, and there was really no given, no reason why his contract wasn't renewed. Um, he was snapped up almost right away by uh, North Carolina, uh, like within six months, um, North Carolina hired him to be his coach. And he's been, um, there a very successful, again, on the field coach, winning, uh, coaches of the year awards, the courage of one, um, the, 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 uh, NWSL, um, several times in his, in his tenure at, uh, North Carolina. Uh, so yeah, it, it, again, I, Meg Linehan, she spent, you know, several, I believe, several years, I think, working on, on this piece, um, and is well thought out, well researched, uh, well written. It's just, it's also, uh, absolutely gut wrenching. So, um, again, there's a definitely approach that with a, with a little bit of caution, and so what happens is there's a bunch of fallout um, league canceled matches last weekend. Uh, this all, I believe dropped on, I think was Wednesday or, or Thursday <clears throat> by the end of the day, Friday, even before that, I think by like Friday morning, the league had decided to cancel all the matches from the weekend. Uh, Lisa Baird and Lisa Levine, uh, who are the commissioner and general counsel respectively uh, were removed from the board um, from the NWSL and, uh, Alex Morgan, um, a bunch of U.S. women's national team players stepped up and and put out statements and tweets. Um, Alex Morgan basically said that she had emails that the league knew about Paul Riley and did nothing, <clears throat> which is why Lisa Baird and Lisa Levine uh, or Levine were um, were you know removed from their positions. Uh, it was just announced uh, this weekend that U.S. Soccer is hiring Sally Yates, who is the former acting attorney general. Um, she's deputy attorney general under Barack Obama, and then. 
uh, when Brock, when Donald Trump fired uh, the attorney general, <clears throat> he uh, she was she was actually acting attorney general under Donald Trump for for a hot second. Um, but she's going to be leading the investigation um, into into all this. There's several other investigations that are going on. Uh, and then finally, uh, I believe today, uh, Portland Thones uh, owner Merritt Paulson put out an open letter um, in which he announced that there'll be an independent investigation. Uh, again, Merritt Paulson, um, owner of the Thorns, as well as the uh, Timbers. Um, and there's allegations that uh, ownership knew that this was happening. They knew about it before they let him go and uh, and that they didn't really do anything and kind of just brushed it under the rug. Um, and, and so then yeah. the league had the, the balls to to recycle him and hire him back for another position. Exactly. Exactly. So don't yeah. protect these people. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that is, that's the very brief cliff notes versions of what has happened. Um, again, like I said, uh, the athletics has been doing really great work on this. So I would encourage you to, to read their stuff. Uh, the Washington post um, had it's behind a paywall, unfortunately, but had a really great, uh, especially about the Washington spirit and all the stuff that went down there. Um, I would encourage you to check out uh, their investigative, their sports investigative writer. Um, now I'm blanking on her name as well, but she wrote some really great stuff about, the, especially about the spirit. Molly so, Hensley? Yes. Yeah. She was on Grant Wall's podcast. Um, I think late last week. Another phenomenal investigative journalism. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Wait, wait. So was the original article in the Atlantic? The athletic athletic. Are you sure? Yep. Cause I thought Wes posted, um, from the Atlantic. I mean, there might've been something and- written. There might've been something in the athletic, but Meg Linehan, um, writes for the athletic. So, oh, okay. yeah, and she was one of the first to, to break this and did literally years of research. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, so, uh, both FIFA feels the need to stick their nose in this, and they're going to have their own investigation. And the U.S. Center, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, is also uh, announced that they will have an investigation into this mess as well. Never heard of these hmm. folks. <laughs> like, uh, where are the uh, where were they when I was allowed to play little league in fourth grade? <laughs> that was not a safe choice. <laughs> uh, I think Safe Sport is a is a relatively newer uh, organization. I know one of the things that the teams have set up and the league has set up is a is <clears throat> some actual anonymous reporting um, tools for for players. Uh, I mean, literally, the the Portland Thorns player went to the front office and said, "This is happening," and and. You know, again, all, all that happened was that his contract wasn't renewed and he was allowed to, yeah, as MJ mentioned, just be re- recycled back into the league and to literally like hurt and abuse more women. <clears throat> and that is like U.S. Senator for Safe Sport was founded in 2017. Uh, the Larry Nasser mess with the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team was a, a huge reason why uh. that, that was created. Um, but yeah, it was. It's, that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's a nonprofit. Um, its mission is to address the problem of sexual abuse of minors and am- amateur athletes in sport. Yeah, it's it it's really <clears throat> it sucks. It's it's a terrible situation that you know these women were put in. Um, 
again, the fact that that this person was allowed to, you know, has been allowed to basically be a predator for the last like 12 years. Um, and, you know, it's it, sports. There's there's lots of turnover. There's lots of burnout, um, especially with women's sports. Um, there, you know, women, these women are 12 years ago, 10 years ago, they were, they were making like, you know, $12,000. Like this is basically a, a part-time job for them. So they're really even more so than the men's league, men's teams are at the mercy of, you know, front office and <clears throat> coaches and needing to get playing time. Um, so they get seen so that, you know, <clears throat> they could possibly make a move over to Europe to make some more money. It's just, it's a really, it's just a, a really frustrating and, and um, unfortunately far too common story. And we need to um, hopefully this shines a light on, on what's going on at the NWSL, especially, if, especially if the league office knew about this, that is um, that's pretty damning as well. Um, and like I said, hopefully it, it shines a light on, on what's going on and, and, you know, things change and things change for the better um, very, very quickly as well. So. Do you, do you guys remember the, the, the predecessor to NWSL, WWAS women's professional soccer. There was a team called magic Jack. Very brief. Yeah. Just, uh, just was, very it was, briefly. It was, owned, it was owned by the, the guy, a guy who helped develop voice over IP you know, phone okay. calls over internet, and uh, that guy's name was Dan Baroslav. And Dan Baroslav ends up being the owner of Magic Jack, the company, owner of Magic Jack football team, was Washington Freedom, fired the 10-year staff that had been in existence for the Washington Freedom, moves the team down to Florida, based on Magic Jack, and then the, the stories, I mean, the, the whole, uh, you know, everything from at a, a dinner for, for the team saying why it, to a player, why have you not had sexual relationships with this other player yet? And another player is saying, do I call you Dan, Mr. Baroslav, coach, owner? He's like, you can call me daddy. This guy yeah. was allowed to to own and operate a, a a soccer team, and Hope Solo and Abby Womack both backed him, even under criticism and allegations coming from other players. Like he had two of the top U.S. women, but national team players in his corner advocating for him. Um, well, it's because I mean, there you know, even even if you want to be an ally, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? If you get you know. You want to um, keep playing uh, where you are feel comfortable. I mean, at least they felt comfortable there. Now, I, I don't, I don't begrudge um, them of, of any of that. Certainly, you know, you, you, I would like to think that you know we would all set, step up and say something. But again, man, like this is your livelihood. This is like everything you ever want to do in your life, and it can be taken away. And they and they know it, and they know it, and and. You know, and that's the thing is that the, the the men who are doing this shit know it too, right? They know that they can. Um, no, Abby Wabak would go on somewhere else and would be totally fine. Um, Hope Solo, the same thing. <clears throat> but it's there's also just this, you know, it it, it would be different, and and they would be. Um, who knows if they you know stick around in the U.S. Um, you know, if they want to play in the U.S., they should be able to play in the U.S. and they should be able to um, feel safe doing that. And 
it's just it's I I understand what you're saying, MJ, and it makes a, a ton of sense. When the NWSL was created, the idea was that this shit was not going to happen anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's and clearly and, it's it, it's not, it, or it is basically. So, and I would just say that this points to the larger systemic problem as a whole. Like yes, women's soccer or professional women's sports isn't the only place this shit is happening, where women are feeling uncomfortable with stupid comments from men or people are being trying to coerce them into being put into sexual situations. Yeah. It's all me too. If you ask me. Yep. Oh yeah. I think that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> I mean, I think people felt like, Oh, me too is over because that director, gosh, why am I not remembering his name? Harvey uh, Weinstein. Yeah, the producer. Harvey, yeah. yeah. When Harvey went, you know, went away or, you know, we all put the, you know, biggest blame on him. He got to be the kind of like the scapegoat that took us out of the spotlight. Well, it it's going to be a long time coming as different industries, different sectors, communities, you know, come to terms with um, what's been allowed, what and what what's been unfortunately uh, culturally acceptable. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. <clears throat> Let's move on to um, other women's soccer, but this is much better women's soccer, um, at least on Sunday uh, with our Go for Soccer Gala. MJ, take it away. Speaking of the Thorns, the Gophers had to play against two Thorns draftees this week in Rutgers' Amira Ali and Penn State's Sam Coffey, um, and they're both very good. Um, on Thursday, the Gophers played Rutgers at home and uh, lost one to two. Uh, Thorns draftee uh, Amira Ali gets the assist on Rutgers' first goal. Rutgers was only ranked 15 at the time by the RPI, but they're, they're essentially a top 10 team. Uh, they will do very well in the national tournament. Um, and so while it sucks to lose one to two at home, you played a top 10 team and you only lost one, two. Uh, Kenna Beisman uh, with a huge uh, banger of a goal, uh, go to equal time soccer or the big 10 network and watch the replay. Uh, she just cuts inside with her left foot and sends a curler in, and it's beautiful. Uh, but it's not enough. They lose 2-1. They then play uh, another nationally ranked team. Two weeks ago, they were ranked fourth. Now they're ranked, they were ranked 23rd when the Gophers played them. Uh, Gophers play Penn State. They win 4-1 against Penn State, who Penn State, who won the Big Ten regular season last year with a record of 9-1-1. Penn State, who hadn't lost by three goals since 2002. And uh, the Gophers just put it to them. They, they had a great kind of containment and then press model on, on the defensive side of things, uh, made their midfielders and uh, defensive backs pass backwards or switch the field a lot and not get a lot of progressive passes forward. They just look really, really dominant. And in the 10th minute, Mackenzie Landock sends the ball in, and there's chaos in the box. It bounces to Prisha Ward, who finishes. 
15 minutes later, Ward then assists Izzy Brown on a header. Kenneth Busman, who, or Beisman, who had the banger against Rutgers, she scores with a great ball through by Sophia Bowman. And it's a route. It, it, early in the second half, it's, it's 3-0. Ward gets in the corner in a threatening area, sends in a cross or a shoss, um, hits a Penn State defender and goes into the net. Ward doesn't get credit for the goal, and sadly, because it's an own goal. But what, what a, you know, essentially two goals and assists for her on the day. And I really wanted, Plashko had such a great game, four saves for her and the defense to get a clean sheet. Um, Penn State just put on this onslaught of attack after attack after attack. You could see why they were so good. Um, they kind of figured some things out, um, had three really good attacks going at the end. Of, at 30 seconds, 32 seconds remaining, they finally score. But uh, what a good win for the Gophers at 4-1. Um, the result nice. of this is uh, at least this morning, uh, the Gophers jump up from 82 to 72 in the RPI. Um, they're 10th in the Big Ten. Only the top eight teams make the Big Ten tournament, and they'll probably jump up there. Cool. What are their next games? Next game is on Sunday, October 10th, 12 p.m. at Purdue. Another tough Big Ten team, another nationally ranked team. Um, that'll be on Big Ten Plus. So if you don't care about the Vikings or the NFL uh, at noon on Sunday, uh, <clears throat> watch the Gophers play Purdue. Their next home game, there's only two home games left, uh, is Thursday, October 14th, 8 p.m. at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium versus Illinois. Very cool. Thank you, MJ. Uh, all right. Uh, and, and, uh, MN Woso news. Um, the, uh, we've talked a little bit about the, some of the names that were released, uh, before the big announcement, which was on Wednesday. Um, you may have seen an email if you, uh, are, uh, owner, um, the temperance and suffragettes were removed from consideration. Um, there was some very, uh, valid criticism of using both of those names. And so they just took them out of the, uh, they just took them out of the running, which is what good ownership does is they listen to their supporters and they say, Hey, maybe we shouldn't have these two particular names because of the uh, super racist uh, uh, connotations that they have. And the owner said, yep, you know what? You're right. We'll take them out. And uh, you should be getting an email. I know they're going to start. I believe they're starting to voting this week. So uh, all the owners um, will be getting email uh, this week um, with uh, however that's going to go. I don't know what the um, logistics of that will be, um, but uh yeah, look for that sometime. I would assume this week from uh, MN Woso folks, or you could bug uh, Wes on Twitter if you if you don't see an email. Uh, all right, let's talk very quickly about Minnesota and Colorado this coming Sunday. Minnesota is favored uh, plus one ten. A draws plus two fifty, and a Colorado is plus two ten. Um, if you are interested in a in jumping on Colorado, um, I would do that now because this line was definitely going to go. Uh, up for Minnesota once they uh, realize that um, Emmanuel Reynoso is uh, out for this game. So I think Colorado is going to come down and Minnesota is probably going to go up. So I think Minnesota will still ultimately probably be favored just because they're at home. Minnesota plays really well at home, but I think that 
is going to be a lot closer than uh, plus 210. So, uh, all right, who should we look out for um, on Colorado? Um, I'll start with uh, their coach, uh, their manager, Robin Frazier, um, who is a uh, you know veteran MLS manager, um, took over a team about a year and a half ago that was in just incomplete uh, disrepair and has really like just revitalized the roster and turn Colorado into a really strong, um, actually a fun, fun team to watch as well. So um, Robin Frazier is, is uh, someone that, you know, I'm very jealous of as, as a manager that we don't have that guy and that uh, Colorado does, uh, which is unfortunate because no one ever goes to watch Colorado outfits matches, um, which is a damn shame. So uh, MJ, who else you got from Colorado? Well, Two transplants, uh, Mark Anthony K from LAFC plays attacking uh, midfield or right wing. Uh, he's dangerous. He's going to give Chase Gasper some things to think about. And then uh, Kellen Acosta has come from FC Dallas and just really fit in well with what Frazier's trying to do in the midfield. Yeah. Um, and also he will probably not be there though. Because did he get called into the national team? He may I have. He, did. he didn't. Did. He I did. Think. Okay. So yeah, so he, he won't, he won't be there on, on Sunday, which is um, thank God for that. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I'll just, I'll throw, I'll point out. Um, I know you, you put in the chat, Andre Shinyashiki. Um, uh, MJ, um, he, well, I uh, wanted you to talk about him because you love him so much. I do. I really, I, I do. He's a, a Brazilian, Japanese, and English and American. So um, he's got three different nationalities, uh, which is really cool. Um, he has, he likes to torment Minnesota. The other guy I'll point out too is um, Michael Berrios, um, who also, um, when he was with, especially when he was with uh, uh, the uh, SC Dallas, would. Um, bother the shit out of um, out of Minnesota, and then I guess the other person, uh, other also national team player, but not called in for this roster. Uh, Sam Vines on their back line, uh, I believe he plays left back, so he'll be one to look out for, especially um, seeing what happens. We because if we again if we don't have Reynoso, Finley is going to have to do some um, do some work on that right hand side. Uh, all right, so how do we play these guys? Um, Let's assume that Reynoso is out. Uh, who do you who do you put in for Reynoso? Um, obviously, we're not going to have Lude or uh, Metnir or Boxel, so we we'll have to you know completely, almost completely revamp our backline. So it's going to be really important that Debassi and Gasper um, are playing well together because the entire right hand side of the of our defense is going to be different. So. Maybe instead of who we, who we play him, who do we think steps in and plays uh, plays for Metnir, uh, plays for Boxall, uh, steps in for for Reynoso and Lude? Rital is out, so yep. with with Finland, so DJ Taylor is going to be stepping in. Probably for, Brent, probably Brent Coleman. And then yeah, un, unless we're uh, we're we're calling Keeping Gucci, uh, I'm it's going to be Coleman. So yeah. yeah. Who do you put in for Lude and, and uh, Reynoso? Um, do you think Do you think uh, Adrian Heath changes his tactics up, or do you think he sticks with a four two three one and just tries to find 
like for like replacements. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't honestly it wouldn't surprise. I mean, this would be a perfect opportunity for Unu to get in and and start a match, but no. it would not surprise me at all if Fernando Adi's up top for for Robin Lude. What about Nico Hansen? I would love yeah, to see him get more more minutes, but he's probably more uh, of a winger, so he'd be on the right or left. And I would um, love to see Nico start instead of Finley at, at, at the right wing and have him mm-hmm. on the right and, and Fragapani on the, on the left, and then maybe put Unu in as second striker, not really a 10 or a like-for-like for Reynoso. And and then and then Adi or or Wea up top. Wea's with Sacramento, so he won't be here. Oh, that's right. Back. Agadello, sorry. And Adi or Agadello as 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 your striker striker. So that's what I would like to see done. God, I yeah. forgot that Wong Agadello is still on this fucking team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I totally forgot that. Wow. Okay. Well, he hasn't has he even been making the bench for for He's matches. Been injured. Okay. Well, then it's probably Adi. So you you, I mean, you you just wouldn't have a ten then? So you I mean, Greg Gre- Gre- and Agadello have been injured for a long time, um, and you know again, I consider them whether you like that key depth pieces, you know. Yeah. So, so you're thinking more of like a four four two a four four two? Okay, I was gonna, yeah, right. It's like four four one one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. That'd be interesting. Interesting. He will never play that. No. Um, but you know, that's again, that's what I would do. That's fair. And everybody who listens to this podcast wants to know what I would do with this team. So I think I think much more likely scenario is that it's Adi up top, <clears throat> uh Corey Hayes uh in the Reynoso yeah. role. Yes. Um much with, more likely. Yeah, <clears throat> with uh Taylor and Common uh, stepping in for Metnir. And Boxel, respectively. So, and I bet Finley still keeps his starting spot. What's that? But I bet Finley still keeps the right wing spot. Yep, yep. Even though I really would like to see Nico Hansen more. Yeah, like Jeff all, said. All right, uh, who who's going to win? So I'll start. I predicted even before, like we were doing our, our predictions, um, that this, this is actually going to be a loss for Minnesota, and so I I'm going to stick with that. I think um, Heath either overthinks things or doesn't th- overthink things at all and, and underthinks things. Uh, and um, we end up with a, like a three, one loss. <laughs> okay. I initially picked a draw. I don't think I was quite aware of how many people we'd be losing due to injury plus uh, international break plus Reynoso getting a red card. I don't think I factored all those things in. So I, why ever not, know, I, MJ? I, I'm I'm liking your loss pick a lot more than my draw pick, but I'll, I'll stick with my draw pick. We're we're at home. We play better when we're at home. Um, we do. Uh, Colorado's good. They're better than us, but they're not that good. So it's true. They're also um, we we might so be. I'm gonna ha- stick with the draw. Okay. We might have less people in the stands uh, this this match. It might look a lot more like a Colorado Rapids match um, out in um, bumfuck wherever in Denver, outside of Denver, Commerce City that they play in. So, uh, Jess, who do you got? You originally picked a win. Do you want to stick stick with the win? I'm not feeling. I'm not. I, I mean, for the sake of 
bad exercise, I will stick with my prediction. But if you ask me how I, I really, in my heart of hearts, feel like a hard earned draw is more likely. Yeah. I could easily, I could easily see them like stealing, um, <clears throat> like Miller standing on his head, you know, Colorado mm-hmm. scores in like the 30th minute. And then Minnesota mm-hmm. gets a, a late 88th minute equalizer to give everybody just a little more hope, um, before they, they crush us, uh, next week. So <clears throat> for whatever wanted, reason, I always, Austin. I think I'm always guilty of, um, underestimating the Krabbits. But historically speaking, not historically, recently speaking, they, uh, I feel like we have a pretty, they give us a good run for our money. <clears throat> yeah, they, uh, they had our number for the last, uh, last few years. So they play really well in Denver. Yeah. Or again, wh- whatever suburb that is way out the bumfuck nowhere that you have to go to to watch their game. <clears throat> It is literally it's big sporting goods park. They literally had a plague there a couple years ago, like an actual plague. Gophers were dying. Um, they had a plague before the actual plague that showed up. Um, before the, visa, the pandemic times, the COVID. Yeah, they actually had a plague. Um, that was killing gophers. They're literally like, yeah, please don't park on the. Uh, if it's a, if it's not a paved parking lot, please don't park there because you might get the plague. Um, so, so that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a gopher is going to come out of the ground, jump into your car, and infect you. Yeah. So again, this game will be at three p.m. Uh, so this game got mo- has gotten moved three times now um, <laughs> from earlier this season. I hate that. What what thing they can do that? I don't know. It's they it got moved from earlier in the season uh, to um, uh, today to or, sorry to Sunday, and then it got moved to. Uh, or no, I moved to Saturday, the the ninth. Then it got moved to Sunday. Um, was that supposed to be at four p.m.? Four p.m. and be on ESPN. And now, um, since Minnesota is not good anymore, uh, they moved it to three p.m. and not on ESPN. So you have to watch it on the CW uh, or uh, shitty Valley Sports North if you if you have that. So or listen to it on Score North like Jess does. So oh, don't though because I can't stand their narrators oh, okay it's not load it's yeah they have the one hockey guy who flawed. who refuses to learn how to pronounce minnesota united players names even though the the play-by-play or the the color commentator gets them right it's a hockey guy who refuses to learn like finnish names like what the hell man like yeah <laughs> No, what's what's almost worse is his inconsistency. Like sometimes he actually gets it right. Hmm. And then I'm like, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden he goes on a rampage load, lod. Neil before lod. <clears throat> like I just it was no, I can understand abominable. Why that, I it's can abominable. Can understand you know what else is abominable is that this game was originally supposed to be at 4 p.m. on ESPN and it was supposed to directly follow the UEFA Nations League final. Damn, that had been fun. Nations League final at 2 p.m. and then you get all those people watching Euro soccer crap to stay and watch Loons versus Crapids. But I'm guessing that 
the MJ on Slack says that there's a U.S. men's national team game that Sunday at 5 p.m. And they, the Minnesota United front office says, well, we don't want to be playing when the U.S. men's national team is playing. We want to move up to, to 3 p.m. So we're not conflicting with that U.S. game. And so because they, the Minnesota United front office says, well, we don't want to com- complete with the U.S. men's national team. We're moving this game up. Well, now you're conflicting with the UEFA Nations League final. And now ESPN doesn't want you anymore. Yep. That makes sense. Um, all right. So, yeah. Tell us Perfect who- sense. Yes. <laughs> tell us who's in that Nations League uh, semifinals on Wednesday and Thursday this week. On Wednesday, October 6th, Italy plays Spain in Milan. And then on Thursday, October 7th, Belgium plays France in Turin or Torino. Cool. And then the final, as you said, is on Sunday, October 10th. Right. Uh, uh, around the same time as the Loons play the Crafts. Yep. So if you're at the Black Heart, you can probably probably put one TV on uh, that if you want to watch um, whoever is playing in the final. Uh, the winner of Italy, Spain versus the winner of Belgium, France. Yep. Uh, um, I just want to say for, for those of you who like haven't been paying attention to UEFA Nations League, this means that Germany, Croatia, Portugal, England, Netherlands, and Denmark are all out. So too bad if you like those teams. Yep. Uh, all right. And then we'll end with uh, U.S. Men's National Team, CONCACAF, uh, the octagonal um, qualifying restarts or re-kicks off uh, this coming Thursday, um, October 7th. <clears throat> At 6.45 p.m. versus Jamaica uh, in Austin. Uh, that game's going to be on ESPN2 and Univision. Uh, Sunday, October 10th, as MJ alluded to, um, you can watch the game at 5 p.m. right after Minnesota United. Uh, they're in Panama um, at uh, Estadio Romel Fernandez. Um, that game's on Paramount Plus or Universo um, for the Spanish language. And then they wrap up qualifying for this round, um, October 13th at 6 p.m., versus Costa Rica on ESPN2 and Unimas uh, at the new field in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, uh, lower.com field. So, um, Gotta love those be... naming rights. Yep, super awesome. Uh, shout out to a uh, new listener, uh, Steve Stupka. He is a Minnesota Toffee. He also uh, was at the Gopher game recently um, with his wife, whose name I forget. I'm so sorry, Mr. Stupka. But uh, thanks again for for listening to the pod and uh, up the fucking toffees. Oh, bullshit. Uh, All right. And then let's uh, we can very briefly talk some roster news. Um, So Gio Reyna, Christian Pulisic and John Brooks are out for this. This camp Um, all are still um, nursing injuries. Uh, Christian Pulisic and I think Gio Reyna are close to being back, but not quite match fit yet. Um, I know I was listening to allocation disorder and it sounds like Christian Pulisic could potentially be a call-in um, if it's early enough in the camp and there's a injury or something in that, say that first match, but just based on the time he's going to need to get over here and, and, you know, quarantine and all that uh, more than likely won't be coming in. And it sounds like Gio Reyna and John Brooks are officially, officially out. Um, MJ, you have a couple snubs more than a couple. Yeah. Uh, Roma defender, uh, Brian Reynolds is not, was not asked to be here. Uh, Monchen Gladbach defender, Joe Scali was not asked to be here. Um, Walker Zimmerman, who looked good in the last camp uh, for Columbus, he's out. James oh, Sands. Nope. 
I think I think Walker Zimmerman was just announced uh, to come on. He's coming on for um, uh, for, for Tim Ream. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I thought I saw that today. So I could Good. be wrong, but I think Walker Zimmerman is coming in. So um, I approve that. Uh, James Sands for New York City attack attacking player. He's out. Daryl DK for Orlando, not asked to be here. Ethan Horvath, great goalkeeper from Nottingham, not asked to be here. Um, instead, Sean Johnson is the, the third goalkeeper for whatever reason. Uh, Josh Sargent, who had a, a, a rough, I'll just say, uh, last camp. Um, Josh Sargent didn't make the cut. And uh, Jordan Peacock, who actually had a good last camp uh, and he was playing well for young boys, uh, is not asked to be here this time. I think, um, I think Johnson came in for Horvath because <clears throat> Zach Steffen can't go to Panama. And neither could Ethan Horvath um, because Panama's on the England red list. So they needed a second ah. goalkeeper. So I think that's why Sean Johnson got the call um, gotcha. as opposed to Ethan Horvath. At least that's the um, it's a logistical thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe Scally is the one that and stands out to me. He's been playing really well for Mönchengladbach. Um, I even scored a goal um, recently. So him and Jordan Pifak, who again I think yeah, um, Jordan Pifak was was the one that stuck out to me too. Him and Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Sergeant is not. I mean, he started um, and went like 70, 70 minutes against uh, for Norwich's match on Sunday. Um, but he's been playing out wide. He's not been playing as as the striker because Timu Puki is there and um, Timu Puki is really good. So um, <clears throat> Puki is really good. So that that was not as surprising. But yeah, I think Pifak and Scali were the ones that I were like, oh okay, interesting. Um, people are in, uh, tire, uh, sorry, Weston McKinney, um, from Juventus. He returns after violating protocols. Um, I guess this season not going to violate, violate protocols again. Uh, <clears throat> Tyler Adams, uh, from RB Leipzig and Tim Weah, um, are back into the, uh, into the fold, uh, Jossie Zardes and Paul Ariola, um, who missed the September games due to injury are back in. And, and we know Jossie Zardes is going to get some t- playing time and probably starts because, um, Triple G loves himself some Jossie's artist. So he does. He does. So. Uh, one more roster thing I'd like to point out with the Jonathan Brooks being out with a back injury, a uh, huge opportunity for center back Chris Richards from, from Hoffenheim to step up and just improve his standing with the national team. Yeah. Chris Richards, um, who uh, is he on loan with Hoffenheim um, or on loan to Hoffenheim? He's, because he was a Bayern um, kid, right? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I can't remember if he got sold to Hoffenheim or if he's on loan, but um, came up, uh, played with Bayern, um, played with Dallas. It was bought by Bayern, actually. Um, I think he's on loan to Hoffenheim. I don't think he has been, uh, I don't think it was a straight uh, straight sale. Correct. So. He, he, is a, he is a Bayern Munich player that is on loan to Hoffenheim. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a really big opportunity. Uh, and it's a really big window. Um, they're playing Jamaica, who is... Uh, not as strong as they have been in the past. Uh, they're at Panama, who started has started the World Cup qualifying really well, but I, they've you know I don't think they really played too many teams of note. Um, and then Costa Rica, which is <clears throat> a shell of their former self, um, and uh, so and, and at home. So this is I think a very good opportunity. I think uh, nine points should be your goal, just like it was last time. But I think it's actually realistic. I think seven is um, the bare minimum that this, that they should get in this in this round. They of should games. get seven. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. Well, please. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Again, sorry, it was a slightly long one and it was a heavy one with uh, some heavy stuff. 
Um, but appreciate you listening all the way through. Uh, you can just rate and review our podcast wherever you get your podcast, uh, davesiknow.com, uh, patreon.com slash davesiknow and help support the Daves uh, that you know that I forgot to mention at the top of the podcast. Uh, I'm at TDAKMN on Twitter. Uh, is, um, or that is the Twitter handle. I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jessica is at, always at Jessica 144083 Niner. Niner 2. We have been the Daves You Know. This is We Are the Daves You Knew. All right. Thanks, everybody. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, cunt. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, y'all, son, son, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.